The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Hi, I'm Suzanne Phillips. Thank you for joining me on Psych Up Live. One of the things that makes us uniquely human is our capacity to self-reflect, to consider what we're doing and evaluate how well it is working for us. In the last 10 years, the use of social media has taken off worldwide. Today, we are going to take a look at living in a world that is technically very connected and ask, How often are people on? Why? Does online connectivity differ with age, country, socioeconomic level? Is connectivity working for you? Our guest expert is Dr. Joel Evans. He's a distinguished professor in the Zorb School of Business at Hofstra University and an expert on social media and digital connectivity. He is co-author of Marketing in the 21st Century and Retail Management, A Strategic Approach. Both of these have been translated into many languages and read all around the world. Dr. Evans also writes a marketing and a retail blog. He has been interviewed for newspapers, magazines, social media, and is the recipient of many professional awards. Dr. Evans is a return guest to Psych Up Live. He has an earlier show which is worth checking out on self-branding and is one of the guests that were part of a panel for a wonderful show entitled Surviving Cancer, Personal Glimpses of Resilience. Dr. Evans, it is my special pleasure to welcome you back to Psych Up Live. Thank you. I am really glad to be here. So let's start with the question, how would you define this concept of a connected world? Okay, well, up until recently, a connected world would be you and I talking or interacting on, on a phone on a, or, or in person. Um, but today, it, so we would have had a limited community that we were dealing with, but it was much more personal. But today, when we talk about connectivity, we're talking about the use of digital devices that enable us to connect to the outside world. And they include a whole range of things from smartphones, smart TVs, the, the things we wear on our uh, on our wrists uh, to measure our health, um, GPS systems, computers, tablets, home security systems, all of those things we use to uh, connect, and oftentimes we use to connect through for social media purposes. Now we hear people talk about being content, continuously connected. Just how connected are people? Um, well, some, for some people, it actually gets to be mind-boggling because it would encompass the whole part of the day that they're awake uh, from getting up in the morning and checking their email all the way through uh, at te- and, texts, and texts and all the way through the evening when they're ready to go to sleep, uh, checking again text, email, uh, etc. Uh, sometimes even falling asleep with their devices uh, on. Uh, 
some people even intentionally leave them on 24 hours a day. So uh, we as people have kind of um, gone crazy over the whole idea of uh, being connected. And there is um, some research that was done not that long ago, uh, particularly regarding the smartphone, that the person who's a smartphone user um, actually checks their phone 69 times a day. So think about that. So if we're up for 15 hours, we're checking it four to five times an hour. Every time that light goes off or it buzzes, um, we're on there. We spend, uh, according to this study, 283 minutes each day on, on just our smartphone, which is almost five hours. So the pervasiveness of us being connected is incredible. It is incredible. Let me ask why, from what you've, you've, you're such a researcher, tell us what are the motivations for this? Why are people on 24-7 checking the first thing in the morning? What are, what are the motivations? Well, part of it is the interpersonal connection that people uh, text. They use Facebook for that. Self-expression. Um, these days, it seems that people want to talk about every single event in their life from, uh, you know, what they ate for breakfast this morning to uh, showing pictures of their grandchildren uh, to explore things. So we're interested in, um, you know, learning, finding out information. Uh, so the, the things like going on a trip, I can now find out everything possible about where I want to go. And another big one. Um, would be for convenience, that it's easy for me to shop online, comparison shop online, uh, find out that information. It's just really easy uh, to use. But we also do it for a variety of, you know, other reasons. Um, we sometimes are lonely, and this is a way that 24-7 we can get out there and um, communicate with other people. Uh, we might be down and want to be inspired. So there are a lot of sites and a lot of Twitter uh, uh, posts that deal with inspirational quotes, which can make us feel good. We can chat with somebody without actually having to talk to them. Uh, we can get friends. We can be getting entertained, get information, uh, give information. This is one of the things interesting, too. We want to get the opinions of others. So we'll go to Amazon and we'll look at the number of stars that are available for shopping. Uh, when, we, when we're buying an item, but we also want to give our opinion. So we want to feel important by giving our opinion on to uh, others. Uh, we may, because of the advances in technology, FaceTime through our uh, iPhone, uh, Skype through our computer, so it gets us the ability to see while we talk to people. We can be anonymous, so we can, you know, kind of hide, so we're not, you know, out out front. And boy, can we play games, because people spend an enormous amount of time on games. Even people who aren't gamers with things like Candy Crush, which became such a phenomenon a few years ago. I had all my friends uh, writing me, join me on can Candy Crush, join me, join me, join me. No, no, no. So um, there are all kinds of reasons why we do this. <clears throat> One of the things that we're seeing is you could fill every bit of time. If you're ever in a waiting room anywhere, whether it's at an office, a, doc a doctor's office, an airport, everyone is on a phone or a device. Now, I also see with people when they talk about, especially the social media, I wonder what you think about this, is that there's a kind of pressure and contagion. So if I see that somebody has posted about a running race and I was in it, but I didn't post, now that means should I post? Or if I don't like everyone's pictures from their children's graduation, will they still be my friend? Um, young, pe young people are very pressured by this. Um, there's no question. Uh, there would be what I would call connected people who are passive versus interactive. The passive are the ones that like to go and look at what's being said. So they look for the reviews on Amazon, but they don't post one. They look at the pictures and what's being said on Facebook, but they say very little 
uh, about themselves. But yes, most of us, if we're on one of these things like Facebook, we would constantly be getting email every time somebody is commenting on something we posted or putting a new picture on, updating their status, whatever it may be. And um, it becomes a lot of work if you want to either put on a like or make a comment about all the things that are being done. So I think that it could be a, a tremendous time drain. And yes, some people could get you know annoyed at you, but um, you can't respond to everything uh, that you have the ability to respond to or you'd be absolutely doing nothing else. Now, we have a lot of international listeners, so I wanted to ask you, how does it compare, that is, connectivity, ongoing connectivity, use of social media, globally across countries? Who are the most users? Um, believe it or not, the, the United States wouldn't be first. And countries that may surprise people, and it, and it has to do with the fact that this is the way that they can interact with other people, because maybe transportation is tougher, um, and uh, internet connections are cheaper. But uh, again, according to research, the the people who are most likely, or the the people are most likely to be on online or connected all day, would be Brazil, uh, India. South Africa and Nigeria. And so, for example, in Brazil, 51% of the people who would have a smartphone stay on the whole day. In the, U- in the United States, that figure is 25%, which is, you know, one out of four, but certainly nowhere near uh, what the other countries uh, that I mentioned are doing. And you're suggesting that one of the reasons is literally there's less ability to physically go to different places or to communicate in a more open way? What are some Uh, reasons? Yes, because they're not as likely to be... uh, to congregate in a city or to be in a work environment where they have a lot of people they interact with. They don't socialize the same way because they w- might be working uh, longer hours in, um, you know, labor, ty- uh, blue-collar jobs so that they are tired at night. So I think, and, and, it, and it's become very inexpensive. So it's a way to be able to communicate to relatives you could know, you know, no other way connect to. Uh, it's a way um, to interact with uh, friends, uh, people you may have gone to school with, um, where we have a lot more tools here. And we see people uh, more often, whether we talk to them or not, is another story, but we do have the ability to see them. I have had colleagues and students from Pakistan, uh, South Africa, and what you're saying is so interesting is they are in contact with relatives as if they lived in New Jersey um, or very, very close. It also, the especially those in South Africa, sometimes one gentleman who's a colleague and is at a college there, it's a very remote area. And... His ability, he's very, very grateful for the ability to have such connectivity and access to ideas, um, to theories, and to colleagues. So it's really quite a gift in many ways. Well, and, and, you know, we have to keep in mind the United States, between urban and urban communities, that's where 88% of the population lives. And that is not true in the countries that we mentioned, as you have just said. They tend to be in more isolated spots, and it's much harder uh, to connect personally uh, in those areas. Now, if we go back to the States for a minute, how does um, connectivity, constant online connection, use of social media, how does it differ depending on age? Uh, there's a pretty clear delineation uh, between age that people who, you know, the older we get, uh, the less likely we are to be connected. That doesn't mean that it isn't growing. It just means that younger people uh, are much more likely, uh, although the, st- the statistics don't necessarily 
follow uh, a straight line. But uh, younger people are much more uh, apt to be uh, connected uh, than are people who are uh, 55 and up. But you have quite a bit of the, let's say, 26 to 35-year-old range. I know we've spoke before about it. Are they your largest group using social media and um, online connectivity? 26 to 35 are huge users, and the groups right before them and after them would would be behind that use, but they would be roughly equal. So um, it's uh, more like 26 to 44 are really prime users along with the 18 to 25-year-olds who are uh, users, but not as much as 26 to 35. So part of that may be a result of graduating college and being, you know, wanting to connect with people uh, that you don't get to see as often, uh, being at work, so you're not socializing as much, um, doing uh, connectivity at work. According to still other research, 44% of people um, are using their smartphone for a personal purpose while at work. So companies, who some of, some of which may like to track uh, what we do, um, online when we're on the company computer. They can't possibly do that when we're on our own phone. Mm, it's very interesting. You know, we're going to take a brief break and come back and look at more about, about connectivity and whether it's working for us. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Dr. Joel Evans. He's an expert on social media and digital connectivity. He's co-author of Marketing in the 21st Century and Retail Management, a Strategic Approach. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you long to have a better love life? Relationships can be hard, but throw sexual problems into the mix, and it's almost impossible to keep that close connection you want to have. Colette Milan, sex and relationship therapist, has been there. She will give you sound advice to turn your libido back on and bring the love back into your lovemaking. Tune in to Making Love with Colette Milan every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're talking about digital connectivity. We're with Dr. Joel Evans. He's an expert on social media and digital connectivity. And we were just talking about the workplace. One of the things that Professor Evans mentioned is that more and more, at least 44% of people have their smartphones right there in the workplace. Now, if we think about I've came across um, some information saying that in the workplace, people are interrupted about every 11 minutes, and that means that that there's a whole amount of time they have to get back, sometimes like 20 minutes It's they're, they're reporting, to get back onto the context and the topic they might have been working on. So if we add now cell phone interruptions, bings, pangs, text message, um, messaging, Professor Evans, we really have quite a problem. Uh, Well, I want to address this in two steps. The first one is I think employers were a lot happier seven or eight years ago before smartphones became so popular because they had some level of control of the employee using the computer, uh, their computer at work. They could track the sites that they were on, the time, uh, some companies banned sites. So they had some idea of what people were doing on a personal level at work. Now the employers really can't track it at all because the person is on their own personal cell phone tied into Wi-Fi or a 4G connection, and the company has no ability to know what the employee is doing. And I, you know, the statistic I mentioned before, I'm going to bet that virtually 99% of the companies have no idea that that many of their employees are um, online. So uh, we get now to, you know, they're using their smartphone while they're working. This is not during their coffee break or lunch, while they're working. And we're back to this, you know, this common myth of multitasking, which is that a person is perfectly capable of spending 100% of their attention on their work and 100% attention on social media. First of all, every study I've seen shows that multitasking does not, in fact, work. Uh, if, we're, you know, if we're on two devices, maybe we're spending uh, 50% of the time to each. The other risk with the person being um, you know, on social media while they're working is suppose they get a text that says, I'm breaking up with you today or you know, some other thing that happened that they got unhappy about. What does that do to the rest of their work hour or work day? So social media is a, is a tremendous distraction. You can't work full-time and be on social media, and it could also be something that turns out to be upsetting, which changes the person's whole mood from being in a job mode that they were just checking their messages to being agitated. So we've really taken away the frame if we have a cell phone on all the time. And we we do know cognitively that people are not multitasking. They are juggling between tasks. And what that does is add a tremendous amount of distractibility and it can't improve work productivity. As you say, if you have the possibility of the outside world Um, stepping in and calling in. There used to be a code of conduct that said you don't call or disturb people when they're at work, but somehow people believe that doesn't count for texting. And I've had people say, my family thinks they can text me during the day, and they're extremely upset if I don't respond. So someone might get 30 texts, which means you have to answer. They might be in the courtroom. They might be teaching. It becomes a very difficult situation. It's a great point you're making. And I know as a professor, you and I have spoke about the challenge of teaching to a big arena of 70 students when it's hard to know who's or on. 20. Or, or, or 20. Or 20. It's hard to know who's on, who's paying attention, who's shopping. It's very difficult in, in the teaching situation also. Well, I make a big show every class of holding my phone up and turning it off 
so they see that I physically turned it off. And I say to them, I'd really appreciate if you would do the same, but I know that's not happening. So yes, I I could tell a lot because I show videos. So when I'm showing a video and I turn the lights out and I see all the glowing screens, um, I know that they're on. Uh, Something that's, that's hard also is that uh, for some of my grad classes, I let them have uh, their computers in the room, and I let them use them because I want them to follow along with certain things. But I know that they're probably doing that 20% of the time that they're connected, not 100% of the time, because they're doing other things. Because if I wander around, I could see that they're on Amazon, or they're watching uh, a soccer game, or doing something. And... Um, you know, the environment that we're in where it really uh, is viewed by society at large that being connected is okay, it's pretty hard to, you know, be even more stern than I am. I can't, yeah, I'm, an, I'm at a private institution where we charge a lot of money for tuition. I can't say to people as they walk in the door, leave your cell phone in this basket and pick it up as you walk out. Can't do it. So that mm-hmm. means that they are, you know, an enti- have an entitlement. And the well, attention span today is very, very short. Yes, that's one of the things the research has shown, distractibility and a difficulty focusing. But one of the reasons we're even doing this show is to invite people to see that as magically important as it is for us to have these opportunities with connectivity, We've got to be able to weigh those times when we're really creating a liability for ourselves in terms of learning or connection. So let's go to the question of, we see the difference in the school, in the classrooms, in the, in the uh, workplace. Just how much can we speak about this evolution over time and how extensive is the device use? Okay, well, it it really is um, kind of interesting because, uh, you know, we used to have a regular phone. Now we have mobile phones, we have tablets, we have wearable devices so we could uh, find out what our heart rate is. How does it become connected? Because I can come back with my phone or my PC and I could track my behavior all the time. I could share my behavior uh, with other people. We have appliances. Samsung has, has introduced an appliance, uh, a smart appliance where you can be in the supermarket and you could actually be checking out your refrigerator at home to see whether or not you need bananas, for example. <laughs> So we've got that. We've got thermostats. We've got, and people don't even, and people don't even realize that these things are, are, you know, connected in the way they are. So, for example, the the Amazon Echo, and there's a fifty dollar uh, version of that, which is, you know, they call it Alexa. That is something where you could say play Billy Joel music. You could get involved with a shopping experience. I have to plead guilty to the fact that I play Jeopardy every morning. It gives me six questions that I could answer. That is a connected device. Uh, we've got, if you're um, uh, with a Windows 10 computer, just a regular computer, but the computer is online, and you have a question about something, you ask Cortana, and some of the answers relate to you going uh, to websites. We know we have Siri. We have smart TVs. We have connections that make smart TVs, like the Apple TV uh, device. Uh, we have broadband, which is so much faster. We have all of this, this wireless stuff between Wi-Fi, GPS, you know, global access. And I really worry about these self-driving cars and, and cars like Tesla, because if you if you look at the dashboard that they have, there are so many things that you can do that I don't know how you wouldn't be distracted uh, driving. So there, there are many more opportunities for us to do things. And, you know, uh, and they've had this one for years with the life alert that you wear as a necklace around your uh, neck and you push a button if something happens. That's multitasking. If you've had a home security system for 30 years, 
where if the alarm goes off, it goes to a central station and then to the police. That's connectivity. So the biggest difference today is just we all have so many devices. Um, according to, again, some research, that we already worldwide have over 5 billion connected devices. Those are just people, not even companies. And that's expected to, to go up to 13 billion as of 2020. And the typical person who has a smartphone would have altogether about 3.6 connected devices. So think about what you have. I'm wearing my, my wearable. I have a smart TV. I have my smartphone. I have um, uh, internet connections everywhere. I have my tablet. So I'm easily at at least the 3.6. So there are a lot of people that have devices like the wearable device or the smartphone. If you would ask them, they don't even think they're connected. They just think that's a part of their everyday life. And what we've seen, just as an example, is that um, in 2005, only 5% of people were on social media. We're up uh, at 70% now in the U.S. And in 2011, only six years ago, only a third of the people owned a smartphone, and we're now up to 77%. So we have so many things to keep us connected and maybe overconnected. So one of the most interesting um, pieces of information that we spoke about and that you sent me that I want our listeners to hear is how much time do people spend on social media and how would that translate into time over a lifetime? Uh, well, as I said, we spend several hours uh, a, a day on social media, and the uh, you know some of the things we're on are YouTube. Uh, the average YouTube person who subscribes to YouTube is on 40 minutes a day, Facebook 35, Snapchat 25, Instagram 15, and Twitter. Part of Twitter, Twitter is slowing down in terms of growth, but people really do quick hits on Twitter. It's only a minute a day. But over mm-hmm. a lifetime, this is also kind of amazing, okay? So uh, if I were to give you in the order of which an, another study uh, ranked our time uses. So over our life, we spend seven years and eight months watching TV. That's going to go way down because the next category uh, is going to go way up. So that's seven years, eight months. We spend five years, four months on social media over our lifetime. Five years of time on, just on social media. That's not other connected things. We spend three and a half years eating and drinking. In the United States, we gulp down a lot of food. Right, So we spend less time eating than on social media. Grooming, so that's taking a shower, shaving, uh, doing your hair, whatever it is. We spend a year and 10 months socializing. This is where we get really scary. So over our lifetime, socializing, which is interpersonal contact with people, not through connected device, one year and three months. So it's about one-fourth the amount of time we spend on social media. That's why and just for uh, giggles, we spent about six months doing laundry. Thank God. So <laughs> uh, it's fascinating. So you're actually telling us most people, the thing they do over their lifetime is watch TV. That's seven years, eight months, as compared to it's still a tremendous amount. Over our lifetime, we're spending five years, four months on social media, but actually meeting and being with people only one year, three months. The difference is is really extraordinary. And what's going to shift with TV is how we watch TV. It's going to be streaming devices, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. That's how we're going to be watching TV. So that's still connected. It's not the way we've watched TV before. And uh, the amount of times we watch on our mobile device has gone way up. Mm. So, and, and in terms of your findings, we only have about another minute in this segment. What's the difference gender-wise, let's say, in use of Facebook, since that's the primary one? Uh, Facebook is, let me see, Facebook... 
Um, it's actually more males than females, um, which is kind of interesting because that would that would dispel another urban myth, which is that women are ones on there all the time. Uh, but um, according to still other research, um, men f- for virtually uh, for every age category up to forty four. So we're talking about. From 13 years old to 44 years old, there's a significant difference between males and females with males being on Facebook. And then when you get to 45 and older, it it evens out. So uh, the idea that, you know, it's just gossip or, you know, quotation marks, girl stuff or whatever, boy, that couldn't be further from the truth. That's fascinating. We're going to have to take a break. We're going to come back with more information. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Professor Evans, who's giving us some really amazing data on social media and digital connectivity. More to come. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with host Thomas Rosenberg. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as Thomas speaks with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Dr. Joel Evans about digital connectivity. And I was just asking Dr. Evans um, about the findings in terms of the very different usage between the different platforms on social media and also that socioeconomic level, Dr. Evans, and education seems to play a part. Tell us a little about that. 
Uh, well, first of all, uh, there's been a lot of research done across platforms, and the major ones that have been studied are Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And there are differences in the demographics for those groups, um, so that um, uh, Facebook has much different uh, uh, demographics than, let's say, LinkedIn. But what we do see is, in addition to age, we see that education and uh, income have a tremendous uh, impact uh, across uh, every one of the uh, platforms. So in terms of education, uh, it has to do with uh, the comfort level of uh, using social media, the fact that we're more likely to use it at work, which means that we know, you know, more platforms, uh, no more devices, um, and that there is a correlation, a strong correlation between education level and income level. So as our income, as our education goes up, our uh, income goes up, <clears throat> excuse me, so that means that we're more able to afford the 3.6 devices or perhaps the six devices or whatever it is that we are uh, using. And um, we're able to buy the more expensive devices. You know, we're likely you know, 90% to have uh, an iPhone instead of a more basic uh, smartphone. So I think those things uh, are contributing factors. Mm. Okay, so now in terms of all that you've seen of the good and the bad, and maybe you can mention a few of the real valuable reasons for using Internet connection and staying connected and some that aren't so good, I also would like you to share given how much you research this area and talk about it, some recommendations. So what would you say would be the prime good reasons that advantages to staying connected? Well, I think it it gives us the ability to be connected in real time. So uh, if you think about what we call now snail mail, of how long it takes to get to somebody, or even email, which may, may take a while for people to read because they're not on their email as much as they're texting. You know, there's this real-time uh, element. Um, as I mentioned before, this is a way for people who are lonely or shy or quiet to be able to interact with people, uh, to be able to chat with people, to, get, to, to make friends. Um, we do it to be entertained. The amount it's uh, the statistics on the amount of the millions of hours of of YouTube videos that are uploaded every hour um, is incredible. So we have the ability to be entertained. Um, we can shop more conveniently and comparison shop. We can get a lot of information on virtually anything. Um, we can get and give opinions. I mentioned that before. And one of the other big, really big things that's driving the expansion of this now is the mobile devices, because people are more likely to uh, be connected through their mobile device than they are through their computer, uh, their, their, either their laptop or their desktop, and to be on for you know, longer periods of time because of the portability. So I think those are some of the uh, good good reasons. I think, and people like to play games, and you know, there are all mm-hmm. types of games that are uh, everything from just a plain uh, the thrill of an action sport game to something that's more intellectually challenging. You could there are, there are uh, sites that have free crossword puzzle games that are uh, that are pretty uh, sophisticated. So I think there's and we can join groups. We could you know if we have uh, an ailment or we have a particular interest, we can always find a group, type it in, uh, and and find that group. Uh, but we also have some. Uh, negative things. Uh, one is becoming too obsessed or addicted to being being connected. Almost not, you know, not not looking at your watch or not even knowing that you're on, or feeling that you have to get out. You know, before you get out of bed every morning, you've got to check or you're checking. You know, my undergraduate class is 85 minutes. Do you really need to check your phone five or ten times in that 85 minutes? What what actually is going on? So we get obsessed. We tend to waste time if we're on too long. 
we can be distracted. Just think of being in a city environment and bumping into somebody as they're texting and not watching. Um, employers, as well as you know, people like me, complain about uh, the lack of uh, social, loss of social skills, uh, the loss of writing skills, because we so much use uh, shorthand and, and lingo. Um, there's a lot of uh, bad information that's online, fake news, alternative news, etc. And um, th- there's been a lot on Facebook. Spa- Facebook is is hiring thousands and thousands of people to police this now. So we have to be careful of that. Um, probably the most important one on, on my list is, you know, the, the hate mongering, the bullying, the sexting, you know, all of these bad things that go on. And I would just mention that last week, a young lady was convicted of manslaughter, uh, because of the way that she, um, was talking her boyfriend or former boyfriend into committing suicide. He had been suicidal. He was in his car. He was, uh, you know, choking. He decided to get out and she basically you know, texted him, uh, you're a wimp or something to that effect, get back in the car and do it. And he did it instead of saying, okay, you really didn't want to do it. So it was determined because he was out of his car that she egged him on the last way. So there's, there's an ability to be bullied, which is absolutely incredible, whether it's our weight, our height, our race, our gender, our religion, it is just, it could be terrible. People should be aware that there's not nearly as much privacy as they think. Um, just uh, within the last couple of days, Google has announced that with Gmail, which is the most used email in the world, that they will stop scanning messages looking for opportunities to advertise specific products to you. So I don't know about the other listeners, but I know I was surprised to read that they're scanning every email that I sent through Gmail. Wow. It's amazing. It's really amazing. It is. It is. And it's a, good, it's a really good thing that they're going to stop doing that. So in terms of um, every age group, what take-home message would you give them in terms of making – Online connectivity and asset. Okay, so I have a whole bunch of things so you can stop me <laughs> when you well, when give, 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 us, give us about two of the most important so we have time. Two of the most important. I have so many that are important. Um, I, I think overall that people have to plan how much being on they want to they wanna be involved in. And be sure to engage in interpersonal activities and writing every day. That there's got to be a boundary, a limit. Two hours, three hours, five hours, not every day. Turn the phone off once in a while. And, and don't be checking every, you know, ten minutes. So I think just, you know, setting a boundary so that we're not into this obsessive, you know, the world revolves um, around things. Um, I'm going to sneak this one in. Be careful with what the information that's provided online. It drives me crazy when people provide their their birthday, their home telephone number. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get both cyber bullied or get uh, convinced to follow the crowd. Don't be cyber bullied, but don't get yourself into being a cyber bully. Um, don't be a bystander. Don't yeah, I got a bunch of others, yeah. but I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll give this other one main one. So I, I always talk about this. We have to think before we enter any content on any platform that may be embarrassing, inappropriate, etc. So we're talking about information of any kind, photos, opinions, videos placed online or, and I have four points to make here, one, often seen by unintended viewers. Employers go to Facebook now. So if you haven't cleaned up your Facebook account, that's a detriment. Uh, Second, anything that's online has a long shelf life. So even if you delete it, if somebody else read it and wanted to spread it, they can. There are all kinds of instances of things being deleted that 10 years later you can still find them. Uh, third one, uh, stuff about you could be placed online without your knowledge or permission. 
think of the fact that you're at a party, you're at a bar, you're doing something, and someone else, because everybody's got a phone these days, snaps a picture of you and they put it at Facebook. You didn't know it. Uh, it's got you uh, smoking a bong pipe or drinking and you're under 21. You don't even know that it happens. So we have to be so careful. And the fourth one is that in things that are posted about us can end up in a Google search. You know, we could never, no matter what a company could promise you, erase something negative that's online. We could only, by getting uh, more popular information about us that's listed higher, that we could get it to the second or third page that people don't read. So, when in doubt, don't press send. Invaluable advice, wonderful advice. Um, how will our listeners find you? We're just about out of time. How could they find your blogs and any other? I know how much you post, so how would they find you, Dr. Evans? My blog is Evans, E-V-A-N-S, on O-N, marketing, M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G, one word, dot com. That's my blog. And uh, the easiest email to get me access, as easy as to remember, is Joel, J-O-E-L, prof, P-R-O-F, at hotmail.com. Terrific. And I um, welcome anybody to ask me about anything, career and I will, planning, social media, anything. If they're a cancer survivor, me too. So I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything. And Dr. Evans has been true to his word when people listened to his branding show and then reached out for help with resumes. He was right there. So I want to thank you for that, Dr. Evans. And I know you're true to your word about people connecting with you. Um, I wouldn't offer if I didn't mean it. Okay. I want to thank you mostly, though. I know the amount of information you gathered for this show. Um, and it's a not only what you do on a regular basis with your blogging, that's a gift, but the way you share the important information today really gives us an opportunity to self-reflect and consider, am I using connectivity as an asset or a liability? I want to thank our listeners. Please remember that this show and all of the shows on Psych Up Live become podcasts that you could hear at any time. This show will become a podcast later this evening. Please remember that you could contact me at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Send me a question. Send me a comment. Until next week, mostly take care. Thanks and be listening. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america variety channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit VoiceAmerica.com. the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.